my name is Sean McDonald. I'm a master's student here at the University of Nebraska uh, under uh, the advisement of Amit Jala, Dr. Amit Jala. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, a little survey we did this past year uh, looking at the stakeholder uh, issues of management as well as those of various weed problems throughout the state of Nebraska. Uh, so if anybody's in here who uh, was fortunate enough to take this either on CropWatch or at one of our crop clinics uh, uh, in 2019, uh, much appreciated anyways, or much uh, really helped along with this. So, but anybody who didn't participate in, kind of want to share what we did. So uh, we introduced a little bit of survey, if you've ever seen. So we're looking at general information about your operation, whether you know a grower, CCA, anything like that, agronomist, uh, the type of crop production you do. So a big thing we were looking at for me anyways, was looking at what type of tillage you use, uh, where you no-till, minimal till, deep plow, conventional tillage, all that data. Uh, as well as looking at things like cover crops, uh, problem weeds and herbicide resistance. I know it's become a huge issue, especially over the past couple of years or really over the past few decades, uh, seeing things like glyphosate resistance, ALS resistance, you name it, uh, are huge issues out there as well as looking at the weed dynamics of what problem weeds were say five years ago is what they are today. Uh, herbicide usage and timing, kind of wanted to see what you guys uh, are using on a daily basis, yearly basis, so we can kind of keep track and make some predictions and develop better uh, optimized uh, extension or studies uh, that would be more useful to uh, the growers, as well as looking at weed management as other perceptions of issues that you guys see out in the real world um, and manipulate from there. And then as well as kind of, you know, take on what future research concerns do you, would you like to see from there? Overall, we had a fairly pretty decent uh, number of participants, uh, typically in kind of southeastern, uh, northeast and west central kind of districts, uh, which, and a few out in the panhandle, it was just kind of tends to be a little bit tougher area for us to survey since we're mainly located here in southeastern Nebraska. As you can see, we, well, some big points we want to say when we differentiate the data, so, so we have producers and we're concerned an owner and operator, somebody who's actually growing crops on their farm, uh, crop consultants, we included agronomists, CCAs, crop consultants, all under that, as well as looking at a few other uh, various stakeholders in the industry, which is applicators, uh, industrial researchers, research technicians, you name it. Uh, looking at, oh boy. Looking at farm acreages and crops. So across the, all the extension districts, 68% uh, of areas that were represented uh, were under no-till, 87% was mainly corn soybean production. Uh, a huge surprise there, we're kind of a, we are the corn husker state for a reason, uh, while soybean production takes up a huge chunk of that. 61% of our holders, stakeholders uh, reported using some form of cover crop, uh, with 87% of you guys responding, uh, playing something like cereal rye, other ones out there were say, uh, a tillage radish, uh, turnip, those kind of things were also pretty common responses. Uh, looking across the extension districts in terms of farming areas that are reported by producers, uh, typically had around a little over, almost a little under 2,000 acres, uh, was kind of the general average uh, farming or size of farm for some of our growers. Scouting tended to be a little over 10,000 acres a piece across, um, across the state for the most part. Uh, Looking at kind of the problematic weeds anyway. So uh, we asked response to list their top five problem, most problematic weeds, uh, kind of ranking as, you know, five, five goes connoted to rank at number one, four, number two, three, number three, 
two, number four, uh, and then one as the least problematic weed, respectively. Uh, and looking at there, we have a relative, relativistic problematic points were calculated, uh, um, just kind of showing what's more problematic there. And then uh, using that, we respond. Uh, we figure the number of response choosing the rank of R for a particular weed and X is the problematic points associated for that particular weed. Uh, we also use this for uh, later on for uh, most popular herbicides anyway, so keep that in mind. Uh, looking at problematic weeds, Palmer amaranth by and large is the most problematic weeds as reported across the state of Nebraska, uh, kind of ranking up there right around three and a half relativistic problem points, uh, close behind common water hemp, which was very, which was the most problematic weed uh, in the past survey about five years ago. Um, shocker there. So two of the most problematic weeds we deal with on a daily basis. Other ones like horseweed, uh, which tends to be show up more kind of that winter annual spring weed, which tends to be kind of tough to deal with. Um, and then looking out uh, for the things like kochia, uh, giant ragweed, as well as bevel leaf. Concerningly though, for us was 84% of our sponsor suspect at least one uh, herbicide resistant weed in their operation or what they scouted. Uh, typically this was either guessed as some either form of glyphosate resistant weed uh, or a lot of ALS resistance. Concerning for me though was seeing uh, the number of reports about uh, potential resistance to things like our, our auxins, you know, 2,4-D, dicamba uh, were a huge concern for us. And I should put this out there. I think uh, my advisor, Dr. Jala, will point out is if you see a problematic weed or you suspect a problem, feel free to reach out to us at, uh, we, at UNL Weed Science. Uh, go to your local extension office and report that there. We'd really like to know uh, what is happening and uh, hopefully tackle this problem before it becomes a much more broader issue throughout the state. Looking at prepent burn down herbicides. So using the same relative scale as we did with our uh, problematic weeds, we kind of have a similar uh, scheme here. Uh, looking at reporting out uh, what type of herbicides were the, mo were the most popular you had uh, and then ranking that from there. So when we looked at pre-plant burn down herbicides, two, uh, a lot of our group fours like 2,4-D and dicamba show up pretty high as well as unsurprisingly round or unsurprisingly for me roundup a highly very very popular herbicide out there shows up for fairly high rank number two as well as a few uh, later on we have things like sharpen uh, as well as derivatives like Lumax kind of shown there at the end. Looking at corn pre-herbicides, uh, we see a lot of uh, commonality where we see things like uh, acetochlor as well as esmetolachlor kind of showing up there and things like, and uh, atrazine, so I mean like things like degree extra, Acuron, uh, Resicor, Bicep, all kind of have those similar at products. Um, really good seeing um, response, especially pre-usage across for uh, corn soybean growers. About 70% of our producers responded that they use a pre uh, it's good to see fairly high numbers for that. I'd always like to see those things higher as we kind of see with things like, you know, soybean. Uh, pre's are probably one of the most important timings when we talk about herbicide application in those systems. Uh, for soybean pre-emergence herbicides, uh, the authorities kind of ranked number one in order. So we had the authority first, the authority sys, the authority prime, supreme, all kind of uh, ranked up there in those top spots. The fierce programs, fierce, fierce, just regular fierce, fierce XLT, fierce MTZ, uh, were all highly popular. Things like Zidro Pro kind of ranked down there, and Vive, as well as kind of down there. I'm surprising for me, anyways, was the use of uh, the yellows like Prowl, uh, Pendimethylin, kind of showed up there at the end. But as we can kind of see on the um, scale to the side there, uh, we kind of tail off pretty quickly for 
popular to pre. So if your favorite pre or the pre that you think you see a lot more didn't show up, um, it was all fairly well. There was a lot of herbicides out there that just didn't make it on the list, but are still up there in terms of popularity. Uh, moving on to posts. So Roundup, most popular of all the posts as we can kind of see the popularity of the Roundup Ready uh, system in corn soybean. Roundup is just that ubiquitous herbicide everybody tends to use. Uh, unsurprisingly, it seems as the most popular here, uh, as well as getting down to things like uh, some of our group 27s, our HPPD inhibitors, so like Callisto uh, and Lotus kind of show up there and are fairly popular. Halux, G, Halux GT, as well as kind of in the middle there, we have that kind of more of these dead camber products. Uh, people using things like status are still very popular around the state in corn production. Looking at soybeans, uh, soybean post-emergence herbicides, so kind of like with corn anyways, Roundup appears to be our uh, most popular above all. Uh, as we kind of look at soybean anyways, we don't tend to see have as many options uh, as compared to corn when it comes to post-weed uh, control. Uh, things like the Camba are obviously uh, showing up as more popular with the uh, growing usage of the Roundup Ready to Extend program uh, regime, which we saw with Dr. Uh, Knezevic's uh, the USDA data showing about, what was it, 69, 70% of our um, acres were planted in that. Uh, so unsurprising there. And then kind of trailing off there, we see kind of a, what we expect from our normal of our uh, PPO inhibitors like Flexstar, Cobra, uh, as well as Ultra Blazer kind of filling in there at the end. Looking at kind of uh, specifically glyphosate resistant weed management. So we kind of looking, we were asked for rankings of how, um, how serious an issue did people think these were, um, which is good to see uh, out of respondents, 8.1 uh, to nine was about nine being a median of nine um, was kind of seen as a where we, we see serious uh, concern for glyphosate resistance in our weeds. Um, as we look in Nebraska, there are six confirmed yeah, six confirmed uh, weeds right now that are resistant to glyphosate. Uh, there could be more. So if you see, if you suspect something out there, please let us know uh, so we can test and we can track uh, those resistances as they developed across, across the state. Um, a little more concerning was for me is when we talk about resistance to glyphosate is rotating between uh, some of our glyphosate resistant variety or our crop varieties versus non-glyphosate resistant crop varieties. Now that can be pretty difficult since glyphosate resistance is fairly ubiquitous in a lot of our other programs. Uh, talking now, like say Roundup Ready to Extend that has, or ex Extend Bean has Roundup Ready resistance. Uh, even the uh, new Enlist Bean that hopefully, I think more growers are gonna be planning here in future years that also has Roundup resistance. So kind of tough to get away from non-glyphosate resistant crops uh, since it's pretty much out there anywhere. Uh, Looking at though, now we're not 100% sure about, I'm not 100% sure about this, uh, but this is just from respondents that we saw. So 30% of our, our producers, so this is actual growers that responded, uh, said or reported a usage of that ready, ready to extend bean uh, in their plantings. As we can see from the USDA data, that seems a little that fairly well off. Wouldn't be the first time that USDA data was kind of well, I don't know if that's necessarily questionable, but uh, there might be issues with it, just a little bit of our survey there as well. Uh, I I'll, honestly, I expect that to rise with, you know, the advent of that uh, extended flex soybean. I think it's just gonna become more and more 
of what we see out in the ground. Looking at things like uh, when we talk about weed resistance, uh, a big thing is talking about uh, controlling weed escape. So not letting seeds set down to next year uh, and becoming much more of an issue. When we look at something like Palmer Amaranth, which is producing hundreds of thousands of seed every year, um, getting that nipped in the butt early is our best option when it comes to managing that weed. And looking at grade overall is about 70 or three quarters of our respondents reported that they do do some sort of control for those weed escapes, whether it be mechanical, maybe a or chemical, or just going out and hand pulling weeds um, is important there. Looking at some of our concerns, uh, we're asking just like, what are the, some of the issues that you see as growers? Uh, dicamba tended to be one of those huge issues, uh, as well as we kind of get into some other topics probably relating to pertaining to dicamba, such as off-target drift, uh, as well as some of the other legal issues proposed um, with dicamba, as we can see in a lot of court cases, uh, it's like something down in Georgia where they had, a, I believe, a peach orchard uh, that was suspecting uh, some off-target drift there and the uh, legal issues that came from that, as well as the issues dealing with labeling as we're seeing as of currently in this past year. Other things, herbicide-resistant weeds, it's always going to be a problem I foresee in the foreseeable future, uh, as well as some other concerns, just questions about, you know, application, things of that regard. So part of the conclusions we came from this, so Palmer Amaranth, common water hemp, uh, horseweed were some of the most problematic weeds in Nebraska. I expect that will maintain for the foreseeable future. Um, looking at main crops, obviously corn, soybean, we are the corn husker state, so pretty stick well there. Uh, and despite the high concern for glyphosate weeds, glyphosate still is one of those more popular post options. Uh, it's still a great herbicide, has a lot of, a lot of efficacy and control. Uh, but as we look for, like, we see these weeds like palmer amaranth and common water hemp and horseweed, which have those glyphosate resistance, um, we need to look at other management methods and, uh, or using uh, other alternatives to help maybe control those weeds so where we can maintain the effectiveness of Roundup for in the future. Looking at kind of NEPSEF, so need to analyze it a little bit further. We're going to make some comparisons to the previous uh, survey. Um, done uh, as reference here, Sarangi and Jala 2018. So if you want to look it up, look at the Jala Lab website. We have that up on there if you'd like to see the previous research. Um, and uh, hopefully this data will provide some valuable framework and kind of reference to other extension researchers across the state uh, as we look to build better uh, experiments, better programs to uh, help solve some of the issues that you see as growers. Um, as well as kind of planning ahead for the next survey in the future, kind of seeing how these weed problems develop uh, and change over time. So thank you for listening today. I appreciate uh, sharing this information. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at my email. If anybody's still using Twitter, uh, follow me and uh, reach out to me there, DM me there, uh, as well as every now and then. I'm, I don't do as typically as much these days, but uh, hopefully post up some interesting weed information that I see. So uh, thank you very much. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out.